houses wherein men have lived and died are haunted houses. Through the open doors, the harmless phantoms on their errands glide with feet that make no sound upon the floors. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Greetings, creeps, and welcome to my podcast, This House is Haunted. Over the next several weeks, I'll be sharing my personal experience of having spent two years in a haunted house in eastern Kentucky. Due to the spooky nature of this podcast, I recommend you keep the young'uns under 13 out of the room while I take you into a world filled with things that go bump in the night. My little sister was staring up at me with her big brown eyes and heavy lashes full of tears. I had run into her full tilt, which ended with us tangled up on the ground trying to catch some of the wind that had been knocked out of us on impact. My heart was pounding from exertion and terror at having heard a mewling and inhuman voice shout into my face to run. I had hesitated at first, not sure that my ears were ringing true, but lit out of there like the devil himself was after me. When the voice had shouted once more, cold breath touching my cheeks, as if it were standing directly in front of me. I shuddered at the memory of the sound and looked around, wild-eyed, certain that something must be tearing down the hillside after me but saw only the trees and the ebb of dying sunlight sinking behind the mountain. It was one thing to hear things or see things, but I was hearing, seeing, and now feeling things that I could not see or touch, and I felt terribly confused and scared. All the trepidation I'd felt about keeping this this from my family faded away in that moment. And I was just a little girl, scared and seeking comfort from the people I trusted most. In the midst of my inner turmoil, my mama had helped me and my sister stand back up. My sister was still crying, but had been reduced to mild snuffling with a few stray tears here and there, now that she was back on her feet and mama was here. Seeing that we were both safe, my mama's tone showed more agitation. What were you girls doing out here to get yourself so worked up? Why weren't you with your sister, Tina? I told you girls to stay together, not to wander too far away. Here I interjected, no longer able to remain quiet, even though I knew it wasn't right for me to speak over top of my mama, especially when she was both worried and fuming mad. Mama, something was in the woods and was hollering at us. Well, hollering at me after Molly wandered off on her own while we were looking at that big old spooky maple tree and I went looking for her and my sister's red hair was flying wildly around her, one of the pigtails having come loose in the scuffle. Here, Mama turned to her, hands on her hips, which meant Molly was not going to like what Mama had to say. Wandering off? Molly, I told you specifically to stay with your sister. I just told you all about the caves and such, and it's like it went in one ear and out the other. And look at you. Why, it looks like you've been rolling the leaves with your hair all wild. I swear, you girls lose more barrettes. I should invest stock in them. 
When I say stick together, that's what I mean. But mama, my sister said, fresh tears trickling down her cherubic cheeks. I swear I didn't go far. I could still see Sissy. I thought I heard some kids playing at those trees over there next to the playroom. And the next thing I know, Sissy was gone. And I thought I'd better come back to the porch and get you when she came running down the hill looking really scared. And then she ran into me here. Here, my sister began sobbing again and was rubbing her cheeks, leaving streaks of dirt on them. I just wanted to make some friends with those kids I heard, Mama, I promise. My skin crawled at the mention of my sister hearing voices at the patch of woods directly outside of the playroom. We had both been standing beside that maple tree, and I hadn't heard anything that sounded like kids' voices. I also hadn't seen my sister, let alone any other kids when I was scouting the area before heading off towards the orchard to look for her. What had she heard? It couldn't have been the terrifying voice that had screamed for me to run just a few moments ago, as it didn't sound like any kid I'd ever met. I had to know what she had heard exactly. Molly, what did the kids say? Are you sure it was kids? I heard something too, but here my sister cut me off. They was kids, all right. They were laughing, and I'm pretty sure one of them asked me to come play tag with them, but their voices were hard to make out through the wind. When I got to the trees, I couldn't see them, and that's when I noticed you weren't with me, and I turned back. Honest, I wasn't trying to start no trouble. I just wanted to make some friends like we had on the lake. Here, my sister sobbed, the loneliness of living in a new place after being part of a tight-knit community, making her upset all over again. Being the youngest had its advantages, particularly in situations where trouble was brewing. Mama melted with a sigh, hands releasing from her hips as she saw my sister hiccup while crying, her anger dispelling as she pulled her in for a hug. It's all right, Molly. I know it's hard living in this new place. I know you kids are also itching to explore all this land and make friends as you go. But I really need you both to help take care of one another, especially when you're outside and away from me and your daddy. If something happened to one or both of you, I don't think I could stand it. Grief had shown its presence in my mama's voice as she spoke those last words. My mind was still racing with thoughts about the voices my sister had heard, compared to the voice I had heard up in the woods. What the heck was going on with this place? I'd be lying if I didn't say I was a little relieved that I wasn't the only person hearing things around the house. Relieved may be too strong of a word, but I felt a little less frightened that something was wrong with me. Mama had pulled me into the hug she had started with Molly. She must have felt my small body quivering still from the adrenaline and fear of my experience with, from the voice that was near the orchard because she pulled back and looked into my eyes. Tina, are you okay? That felt like a loaded question. No, I was far from okay. I was in a new house where I was seeing monsters, hearing things that shouldn't be there, and something had just shouted in my face to run for my life that I couldn't see. I was just a kid, and this all felt like too much. 
I started to protest and to tell Mama that something had shouted at me to run, and I had felt the cold breath on my cheek as if whatever said it was right in front of me. I wanted to tell her how scared I was, that I hated this house and all the secrets it kept. To say I didn't feel safe, that I wasn't sleeping very good. But then I looked back into my mama's eyes. She looked so tired. On nights she wasn't with Mama, I could hear her tossing and speaking in her sleep sometimes. She wasn't dancing in the kitchen as much anymore, and the music she listened to while cooking was much more somber. She was hurting, and I could not only see it, but as an empath, I could feel the weight of it. I could feel that she was worried about me, too. Until moving into the house, I had never seen or heard anything that couldn't be explained. I had dreams and feelings, but never anything like this. I was worried about me, too but I was worried about her more. I, I, I guess it, it could have been the wind, just like Molly said. It just spooked me is all. I'm sorry, sissy. I was moving so fast I didn't see you. Are you okay? My sister gave me a small smile back. I'm okay. I've got a hard head. Memories of her headbutting all of our brother's friends back in Indiana at the tender age of three came roaring back and I couldn't help but smile. She had knocked out a teenager with one of those headbutts once. She did indeed have a hard head, in more ways than one. Mama seemed relieved, her body relaxing as we shared a laugh, taking that as a sign that we were all okay. Well, now that that's settled, my daddy's voice startled me at first, not having seen him approach. He smiled and said, I saw you running down the hillside from down at the barn and figured I'd better make my way up here to make sure you weren't being chased by a wildcat or something. I ran straight to him, having been a daddy's girl since day one, and he lifted me into one of his signature bear hugs. Everything okay, teeny tiny? His voice was warm enough, but there was an edge of real concern to it. It was only that morning that he had held me much like he was now after I'd screamed hysterically over seeing a phantom in the window. There was that question. Okay. Was I okay? No. Could I explain in a way that didn't make people look at me like I'd grown a second head? No. Better to keep it to myself. The wind was messing with me. He smiled and kissed my forehead. It'll do that sometimes, especially on hilltops like this. I grew up in a valley not far from here, and I tell you the wind could make some sounds that'll make the hair stand straight up on the back of your neck. It'll take some getting used to. He set me back down and bent over to kiss my sister's forehead too, before pulling Mama in for a hug as well. She leaned heavily into him, seemingly relieved to have some backup. My sister was no longer crying and sniffed the air. Mmm, I'm hungry. Is supper ready, Mama? Leave it to a kid to overlook such a tragedy and be hungry afterwards. I was coming out to holler for you girls when y'all had your run in. It's ready when y'all are. Here, she pulled away from Daddy and held the front door open. As she did so, a loud crash happened. 
as if shelves had collapsed and the clanging sounds of metal on concrete cut through the evening air. We all jumped and looked around, with me running and clinging to Daddy's leg. Whoa, whoa, teeny. Sounds like the wind might have rattled something loose in the smokehouse. It's really starting to kick up out here. He looked to the sky and dark, swirling clouds were moving quickly overhead. Looks like a storm is rolling in soon. I better go and check and see what fell before it starts raining. You need any help, Earl? Mama asked, still holding the front door open with my sister tucked in close beside her. Nah, I should be good, but Teeny can walk over with me if she wants to make sure I don't get into too much trouble. Here he looked at me smiling as he started down the front steps. The smokehouse. The first place that gave me the heebie-jeebies on the property. The place I said that not even my favorite brown butter cookies could coax me into stepping one foot inside of. But here was my daddy asking for my help. And being a daddy's girl was something special in my heart, and I couldn't bear the thought of him walking in that tiny, dark building all by himself. I'll walk over with you, Daddy. He beamed at me and waved me down the steps. All righty, let's go, Teeny, so Wayne doesn't scarf down all the meatloaf while we're poking around out here. As we were walking along the crumbling concrete walkway that led from the front of the house to the smokehouse... We heard what sounded like scratching noises coming from inside the building. It was a low but steady sound coming from the back of the little structure. I stopped dead in my tracks. That wasn't... Could that be... The sound got a little louder and was moving from different parts of the shed. It sounded just like the scratching I'd heard that morning coming from the playroom and then from the kitchen window as that thing had peered through at the window as that thing had peered through the window and moved its wraith-like hand along the window pane daddy turned to me as we were just a few steps from the door of the smokehouse he moved his index finger to his lips indicating not to make a sound We listened as the scratching would stop and start, coming from different parts of the building. I was fighting the urge to turn tail and run straight to the front porch again, but I remembered I hadn't been any safer in the house this morning and stopped myself. Daddy whispered, I bet we got us a possum or coon in there. Stay right here, Teeny. If I tell you to run, you run just like you did up that hill, okay? I nodded solemnly although I couldn't see me leaving my daddy behind. He didn't need to know that, though, so I stood quietly as he cautiously opened the door to the smokehouse. Once the door was open, a powerful odor escaped and assaulted my senses. I grimaced, pinching my nose with my fingers. It smelled like that time my sister had dropped a piece of bologna in the air vent of our house on the lake, and no one had found it for a week. Sour and unsettling like meat that was rotting. Daddy was shaking his head, clearly also smelling the pungent and foul odor that I was. He pulled his shirt up over his nose and stepped inside. As he did, the scratching sound stopped abruptly. He disappeared into the building, darkness swallowing him up after he was just a few steps in. I held my breath, both because the smell was overpowering 
because I was worried about what my daddy might find walking into that dark building. It didn't feel right, like something was waiting inside. Flashes of that thing in the kitchen window played on repeating my mind, causing my foot to start tapping anxiously. Several minutes went by and the wind was really starting to whip up. My hair was flying around my face and into my mouth as I stood staring intently at the building, waiting for my daddy to come back out. While I waited, I heard the faint sound of scratching again, but it seemed to be coming from the top of the building. Daddy emerged, looking up towards the roof, but seeing nothing. He allowed his shirt to fall back into place. Well, I didn't see anything, but it sure did stink in there. Like something died, but I didn't see anything. Looks like a couple of the shelves shook loose from the wind. I was so relieved to see him that I didn't notice what he was carrying. He lifted a small red barrette much like the one my sister had been wearing when we set out from the house. My throat felt so tight that it was hard to breathe. Daddy continued, You girls shouldn't be in that smokehouse till I can find out what's nesting in there. Lord only knows what you'd be getting into. You could get bit or worse. He handed the barrette towards me, but I didn't reach back. Had Molly gone in the smokehouse when I was looking for her? I thought back to what she had said to Mama about coming back to the porch after not finding those kids. No, she hadn't said one word about going in the smokehouse. I couldn't imagine her walking in there alone anyhow, dark as it was. We slept with a nightlight. I couldn't see her walking in there without somebody with her. Teeny, did you hear me? Daddy's voice cut through my thoughts and I startled again losing my footing and almost falling if he hadn't been there to catch and steady me. Whoa, Tina, are you feeling okay? You don't look so good. He touched my cheeks, which I could feel were flushed with heat. When I saw the barrette was in the hand he touched my cheek with, I recoiled and he frowned. I think you need to eat supper and lay down, honey. You look plumb awful. He pulled his hand back, tucked the barrette in his pocket, and pick me up to carry me inside. This way I can make sure you don't trip on the way to the table. And he laughed. I felt so tired, and it was nice to be in the safety of Daddy's arms. I didn't want to think anymore about how the barrette made it into the smokehouse, or those scratching noises, or the terrible thing in the window, or that awful voice. I just wanted to be a little kid who was safe with her dad. I pushed my head into his chest and sighed, breathing in the smell of Old Spice. I needed sleep. I needed comfort. Can I sleep with you and Mommy tonight, Daddy? I asked, my head still laying on his chest. Whatever you need, Teeny, he said as he opened the front door. I ate mechanically and then went straight to my parents' bedroom after supper. Before sleep claimed me, Daddy's words rang in my ears. Whatever you need, Teeny. I needed to be away from this house, to be back on the lake with the sunshine and the warmth of our home there. But that wasn't an option. We needed to be here for Mama. We needed to start a new life here. This was our new home, and I was going to find a way to live here. 
But what if whatever was doing all these things didn't care if I lived or died? Well, 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 creeps, we've made it through episode six of the podcast, This House is Haunted. I just want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I know there are thousands to choose from, and it makes my spooky little heart happy that you took time to listen to my story. Of course, I am sharing my personal experience of having spent two years in a haunted house in eastern Kentucky. But I also enjoy the opportunity to continue the Appalachian tradition of oral storytelling. I hope those of you that are listening or maybe sitting by the fire with a nice cold beverage, your favorite blanket, and a spooky story to get the weekend started. It sure would mean a lot if you would take the time to give me a rating on whatever streaming service you're listening. You can also find me, This House is Haunted Podcast, on Facebook and Instagram. I also recently added TikTok, and so far I've only made one video. I'm hoping to change that in the future. My hope is to use those social media outlets as a way to connect with folks who not only like the show, but have their own experiences with the paranormal to share. You are also welcome to catch me on a podcast I co-host called Beyond the Paranormal Podcast, which is an interview-based show where my friends John, Ree, and I talk to a plethora of folks in the paranormal community about their experiences, from everything from ghosts to Bigfoot to aliens. Until next time, friends, keep it creepy, and don't go chasing any voices you hear in the night.